بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين بإذن الله Today we'll be speaking about a topic that is on the minds of almost every single person whether they are Muslim or non-Muslim and that is the topic of wealth and how to increase it Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah in Kitabul Buyur, the book of buying and selling, he mentions a subchapter. He says, Babu man basta Basically, the chapter speaking about the person who wants an increase in wealth. He then mentions one of the ahadith of the Messenger, وسلم, where he said, A person, if he wants an increase in wealth and a good life or a long life, he should do a certain action. Inshallah, we'll speak about this hadith and much more. When it comes to an increase as Muslims, we have to realize what is the definition of an increase. An increase, as we all know, could be an increase in number. So let's say a person's wealth example is a thousand dollars. If he gets more than a thousand, then that is an increase in number. Everybody agrees that this is one of the meanings of increase. Also as Muslims, we believe Increase could also mean barakah, wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts barakah and he blesses your wealth. So a little wealth, because it has barakah in it, will go a long way and he also grants you contentment. It is something from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So remember when we're speaking about this, an increase is not only an increase in number, but it's also to do with barakah. And there's no harm if both combine and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants a person both. So he may grant somebody a lot of wealth numbers wise, and he may grant them barakah in it at the same time. And there may be another person who may be granted much less. However, because of the barakah, it is a lot and he always has wealth left over, for example, and he's able to use it to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Again, before getting into this topic, something else we should mention. As Muslims, we believe Allah jalla wa'ala created everything. He is in charge. He ordered us to do certain things. He told us to stay away from certain things. He also created means for attaining certain things. So when it comes to wealth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered us or has permitted us, for example, to buy and sell and to work in order to earn wealth as long as it's halal. So, for example, when it comes to increasing your wealth in terms of business and using tactics and advertising, etc., etc., these are all means and this is a topic on its own. We won't be touching on this today. Rather, we'll be touching on other means. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned in the Quran, the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has mentioned in the sunnah. And at the end of it all, as Muslims, we should remember, as we always mention, wealth is a wasila. It is a means of doing good or doing evil. So the wealth in and of itself is not bad, but the way a person uses it. Getting back to the subchapter of Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah, he says, Whoever would like an increase in wealth. Ibn Hajar rahimahullah in the explanation he mentions and he says and this shows how it's permissible. It's okay for a person who wants an increase in wealth. It's something from the dunya. 
Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah then mentions the hadith of Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu anhu. He says, the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, man sarrahu an yubsata lahu fi rizqih, aw yunsa'a lahu fi atharih, falyasil rahimah. Basically, the one who would like an increase in wealth or an increase in long life. Basically, he wants his life to be longer. Then he should maintain his family ties. A few things to mention when it comes to this hadith. The ulama, when speaking about an increase here, as mentioned before, they say either an increase in number or an increase in barakah when it comes to the wealth or both of them. And when it comes to having a longer life, it means a person has barakah and strength in his life. Another way of looking at it, we all believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed everything. Everything that has happened, is happening and will happen has been decreed and written down. So how does this fit in? Here the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam is saying that if somebody does this action, maintaining family ties, then his wealth will increase. So how does this tie in with the fact that everything is written down? Does there not have to be a change? What if a person does it? It hasn't been written. The scholars go on to mention this. They say everything is written and Allah knows best. But maybe it's written in a way, for example, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decided and decreed that this person will have an increase in wealth if he maintains his family ties. And if he doesn't, he won't get so much, for example. And it's also written whether he did it or not. Because again, when it comes to qadr and decree, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows everything that happened, everything that is happening, everything that will happen, and also things that haven't happened, if they had to happen, how they would have happened. Very deep, amazing, and also it's something that teaches us to submit to the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When looking at this hadith, one can see how an increase in wealth and in age is mentioned. After that, I thought it would be of benefit to look at some of the other ibadat, some of the other things that have been mentioned in the Quran and Sunnah, and there is a relationship to an increase in wealth. Inshallah, we'll mention a few of them. So the first thing we mentioned, a person should maintain his family ties, bi'ithnillah, this will be a cause of increase in wealth. The second is a person should make dua. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant you. Ask him to give you whatever you wish. Look at Sulaiman alayhi salam. After he made a mistake, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in Surah Sad, he realized his mistake. He immediately asked forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then he made a dua. Oh Allah, grant me kingdom that basically nobody else will be given after me. This was dua. This was Sulaiman asking from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In other hadith, it's mentioned the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, a person should ask everything from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even when it comes to him wanting to fix his shoelace, something which we may see as insignificant. Dua, constant dua teaches a person to always be attached to Allah. The third thing a Muslim should bear in mind if he wants an increase in wealth is to give his sadaqah. There is compulsory sadaqah which is your zakah and 
there is also voluntary sadaqah. The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in a hadith, there is no wealth that is decreased in any way through sadaqah. The word zakah itself, one of its meanings is growth. Bi'ithnillah, a person who gives their zakah, apparently it may seem that something is being lessened and given away, yet his wealth will be increased or there will be barakah put in it or both. And ask all those who have given their zakah, all those who give their zakah on time, all those who give sadaqah. You will find they will tell you that the more we give, the more we get. Obviously, all these things we are mentioning, they are acts of worship. Always keep your intention sincere. Do it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A fourth act of worship a Muslim should consider when it comes to increasing wealth. And this is something interesting. I, When reading it, I then went to the tafsir to read what some of the scholars have mentioned. This fourth thing is salah. Make sure your salah is in order. Allah Jalla wa ala in Surah Taha, he is addressing the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, basically telling him not to look or not to stretch his eye to the beauty and the wonder of this dunya and what others have been given, wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا تَمُدَّنَّ عَيْنَيْكَ إِلَىٰ مَا مَتَّعْنَا بِهِ أَزْوَاجًا مِّنْهُمْ زَهْرَةَ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا Then Allah Jalla wa'ala mentions how this is a fitna for those people. In the verse after that, Allah Jalla wa'ala says, وَأْمُرْ أَهْلَكَ بِالصَّلَاةِ وَاسْتَبِرْ عَلَيْهَا Rather, order your people, your family to perform their salah. And this is also an order for the person himself. This was for the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and for all of us. Basically, keep your salah in order. Wastabir alayha. Be patient. Carry on. Persevere when it comes to this salah. La nas'aluka rizqa. We don't ask you for any wealth. Nahnu narzuquk. Rather, we are the ones who will grant you sustenance. Some of the scholars of tafsir mention how there is a relationship between a person's salah being in order and them being granted wealth as mentioned in this ayah. That's why Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, he mentions, he says, إِذَا أَقَمْتَ الصَّلَاةِ أَتَاكَ الرِّزْقُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا تَحْتَسِبْ If your salah is in order, you establish your salah, your sustenance will come to you in a way which you could not imagine. Also, when it comes to this ayah, Look at how Allah Jalla wa ala is saying that don't forget your salah, especially when it comes to earning wealth. Sometimes people delay their salah or miss their salah altogether, thinking that this will help them to gain more wealth or to keep their shop open for a longer time. Allah Jalla wa ala here is saying that, you know what, keep your salah in order, be patient with it. We are not asking you for wealth, rather nahnu narzukuk we will grant you wealth. So a person's salah should be in order. The fifth point when it comes to a Muslim wanting an increase in wealth is to remember that he should make istighfar, seek the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In some hadith it's mentioned, the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, at times a slave is prevented from certain wealth because of a sin he has committed. In Surah Nuh, Allah Jalla wa ala speaks about Nuh alayhi salam, how he called his people, telling them to make istighfar, ask the forgiveness of Allah, and he mentions what they would get, some of the bounties they would get. He says, فَقُلْتُ اسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ إِنَّهُ كَانَ غَفَّارًا Seek forgiveness from Allah. He is the one who forgives all sin. 
And if you do that, يُرْسِلِ السَّمَاءَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِدْرَارَ Basically, he will grant you abundance in rain. وَيُمْدِدْكُمْ بِأَمْوَالٍ وَبَنِينَ And he will grant you an abundance in wealth and children. وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ جَنَّاتٍ وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ أَنْهَارَ He will make for you gardens and rivers. Look at how istighfar is connected to wealth. A person should make istighfar. Ask the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We spoke about Sulaiman alayhi salam, how he made istighfar. And he also asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah gave him. The sixth point when it comes to a Muslim wanting an increase in wealth is to put his trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What we call tawakkul. When it comes to tawakkul, there's usually three parties. They are those who only put their trust in the means that Allah has created, forgetting Allah, forgetting the fact that he's the creator, forgetting the fact that he's in charge. That's why sometimes they do things and they expect, for example, I've put money here, I've, I've invested here and I've learned something so well and I'm definitely going to get so much more in return, forgetting Allah. So this is one party. Another party are those who they say they've put their trust in Allah However, they don't do anything. So they say, we've trusted in Allah, we've made dua, but then they sit at home. The Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says in a hadith, لَوْ أَنَّكُمْ تَوَكَّلُونَ عَلَى اللَّهِ حَقَّ تَوَكُّلِهِ لَرَزَقَكُمْ كَمَا يَرْزُقُ الطَّيْرِ If you put your trust in, in Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala in the correct way, in the way tawakkul is supposed to be put, لَرَزَقَكُمْ كَمَا يَرْزُقُ الطَّيْرِ He will sustain you in the same way he sustains the birds. A lot of times people don't complete this hadith. So they say, you know what, we've put tawakkul in the same way birds get their food and their sustenance, it will also come to us. No, the hadith carries on. The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam says, تَغْدُوا خِمَاصًا وَتَرُوحُ بِطَانًا Basically, they go out hungry and they return full. So the same way when it comes to a person, you should go out, you should go out early, you should work and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant you bi'ithnillah. Also Allah jalla wa ala says, وَمَنْ يَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ فَهُوَ حَسْبُهُ Whoever puts his trust truly in Allah, then Allah is enough for him. The seventh point a Muslim should bear in mind when it comes to wanting an increase in wealth is to always have taqwa, to have the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to fear his punishment, to do good deeds that will save you from his punishment and bi'ithnillah grant you the ability to attain good deeds. Allah jalla wa ala says, وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجَ Whoever has this taqwa, Allah jalla wa ala will make a way out for him وَيَرْزُقْهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبْ And he will be granted, he will be sustained in a way which he could not Imagine. When we look at these seven points we mentioned, we find that they all come under the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and doing good deeds. There are also some ahadith wherein the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam speaks about Umrah and Hajj and how a person should constantly go for Umrah. One of the reasons or one of the benefits of this is it repels poverty and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Just to recap some of the points we mentioned, we said, firstly, when it comes to means, there's many, many, many different means of attaining wealth and Allah has created these means. We spoke more about the religious means, the ibadat, those things which are acts of worship or those acts of worship which 
done correctly and for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, bi'ithnillah, there is a connection between them and an increase in wealth. The ones we mentioned, we spoke about maintaining family ties, we spoke about dua, we spoke about sadaqah and zakah, giving your charity, we spoke about salah, maintaining your salah and keeping it in order, we spoke about istighfar, seeking the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We spoke about tawakkul, putting your trust in Allah. And we spoke about taqwa. With those few words, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us all goodness. Bismillah. in the next episode, we'll speak about assets. What is an asset? And some of the ahadith that may not mention this directly. However, indirectly, there is mention of it. And there are lessons we can take, especially in the world we live in. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us all goodness and barakah. Ameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallama wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.